The Adam Crowley Show. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm homebound. Take it lower. Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. On ESPN Pittsburgh. The Steelers are in disarray. 0-1-1. They've given up 24 points on average their last six home games. At least 24 points allowed in every single one of their last six home games. Antonio Brown didn't show up on Monday. Yikes. Joining us now to discuss is our buddy Charlie Batch. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right, man. How was the post-game show? Uh, getting a lot of angry Steelers fans, I'd imagine. Yeah, it was a little, little rough this week, and rightfully so. I mean, this is something that, especially when you look at the last home game that they witnessed, you know, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, and that was, uh, and the fans definitely expressed that. Before we get into the defensive woes or any of the stuff that went on on the field, uh, Antonio Brown doesn't show up on Monday. What is said to a guy like that? I mean, obviously you were in the locker room for a very long time. Was it typically incumbent upon a coach to say something to the guys, the players, or a combination of both? What goes on whenever somebody's kind of affronting the team the way he is? Yeah, well, I've never experienced this as a player, so I really don't know how that unfolds. But I would imagine that it's a combination between the coach and the player and players in that locker room. The veteran leadership needs to step up at this point and have a word with him. And, of course, that will, that conversation will continue with Coach Tomlin. And then ultimately, you know, if there's discipline that's involved, that will, um, you know, all take take a course of its own. And I think that will um, answer itself on Wednesday, at least from the player's perspective. And then at that point, will the players all – will they talk about it? I don't know. I, I highly doubt it. I think they um, addressed it, and then they move forward. And then uh, they look forward to Tampa Bay this week. Who were the leaders back when you played, Charlie? I mean, who were the guys who would say, hey, you got to cut that out, you got to calm down a little bit? Who were the guys that were the leadership group in, in your locker room? Jerome Bettis obviously was one of those guys, right? Yeah, one of the main leaders uh, well, on the defensive side was Joey Porter. He was the, the one that was, um, you know, not, a, not a, um, afraid to voice his opinion. And, um, you know, he took control of that team, and rightfully so. I mean, he was a pro bowler in his right mind, and he was one of the ones that led us to that Super Bowl forty victory in Detroit. Offensively, we had Jerome. He was there, and then Heinz Ward was um, was another vocal leader as well. So you had three solid guys that were in there, and of course, James Ferrier ultimately um, led into that role. But because he was new to the organization, meaning he didn't get there until two thousand two until two thousand and two, he had to earn that right. And, and, and he, he by two thousand five, he was that definitely. He definitely was that leader. You all know the voice, Charlie Batch, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Charlie, you know Ben very well. How do you think he handles this? I mean, how, how do you think he takes it? I, I mean, is he uh, he obviously wants to be throwing the ball to Antonio Brown, and Brown's been targeted 33 times the first couple of weeks. But, I mean, how much of a headache is it for a guy who's in the last few years of his career? It, it should be a lot smoother than it is, shouldn't it? Yeah, you would think so. But I think when you look at it from, from Ben's side and me putting my, putting myself into his shoes, you know, it's frustrating because you just talked about the 33 attempts but they haven't been able to connect. And why aren't they able to connect? You know, that I don't know. So it's frustrating that way because you want to get everybody involved. And when you see the numbers that Jesse James is putting up, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, it's, it, you know, it's going to get to the point where you want to make sure 
okay, if you don't take care of your star, then things can be uneasy from that perspective. So, um, and then you add the element of not winning. So it just all kind of snowballs out of, um, you know, out of control. If they were winning, these stories wouldn't be an issue. But unfortunately, they're, they're, they're not. And they, these are the things that we're talking about. We'll get to the lack of winning over the first two games coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Charlie Batch joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Antonio Brown is targeted 33 times, as you mentioned, uh, and as I said in the first couple of games. Um, if a guy's complaining a bunch like that as a quarterback, Charlie, I mean, does it does it make it in the back of your head? Oh, I got to get this guy the ball, or are you able to compartmentalize and kind of keep that separate? No, it's not because you know they have to be part of the game plan, and and when you're when if you're the offensive coordinator, you have to figure out in those first 15 scripted plays how many times are you going to get your star the ball. And if he doesn't see the ball, trust me, you know, he gets frustrated because he knew there were plays that were called for him and he didn't get it. And this isn't just an Antonio Brown situation. I mean, this goes back to every receiver that I've played with in my 15-year career. So I would be concerned if this star receiver didn't want the football because that means he's not, yeah, you know, means he's shying away from the action. So this isn't something that's really, um, it's not uncommon. It's just the fact that uh, when you're not winning these things that tend to take the forefront. But Ben knows, you know, you, you know as a quarterback that you have to get your guys the ball. And if Vance McDonald played a lot, trust me, Vance would have been probably forced to get the ball as well because you want to get him involved in the offense because he missed a lot of time. So it's just one of those situations to where, you know, you want to you try to make everybody happy, but at the same time you don't want to continue to force things because that's when bad things happen. Last couple of things on this, Charlie. Whenever you were around Mike Tomlin, I mean, if he had to lower the boom, if he had to be the disciplinarian, was he able to be that kind of guy? Yeah, he was. I mean, he, he you know, one thing about him, I mean, he's able to, um, can, he's able to voice his opinion and be able to get the message across clearly. And there's no questioning whatsoever. And when he walks into that team meeting, everyone understands that. So I think this is something that, of course, we're looking at what's going on at the surface. But when you have now, of course, this is the off day, but when he walks in tomorrow morning, he'll be able to really let everybody know what's going on. I'm sure that conversation between him and Antonio will take place prior to that meeting. And whatever happens, he's going to let the whole team know. And then that's something that Mike Tomlin always does. It doesn't matter who it is. And, of course, your stars don't typically um, run into disciplinary issues. But if they do, trust me, he's going to say this is the issue, had discussed it, maybe there's a fine attached to it, and whatever that is, he lets the whole team know what's going on and what's not going to be accepted. So, you know, I I trust that he's going to uh, do everything in his power to move forward. Charlie, how much did the coaching staff, did the organization talk about social media and what not to and what to say on it? I think it's just so hard to be able to police that. uh, It really is. And this is a a different generation, you know, unfortunately. You know, this didn't come to the forefront until towards the end of my career. And, you know, you started to see young players kind of come in and start using social media. We even have an instance where, you know, there was a player who actually tweeted the return of a person on the team and be- before the team can actually oh. announce it, tweeted it out. The media caught, a t- caught wind of it. And, of course, that was the story before we even got to lunch. So Mike Tomlin addressed that. Like, Listen, what we do here, you know, we cannot, um, you know, do that, especially when it comes to transaction and business of what we're trying to do th- uh, this week. So he addresses those type of things, and it, and then throughout the, the rest of my career, none of that ever happened. But now you have a you know a generation where you, these guys are growing up on social media. This is all that they know. So whenever you engage with your fans and you're interacting with fans, you know, yeah, it's all good whenever you're winning. But when you lose, you start to see those frustrations happen because people are tweeting at you. 
the, the, you know, you can maybe search yourself. Right. And you find out what people are saying, and those type of things hurt. You know, back in the day, listen, if you played a bad game, you have to stand up and, and address it in the media. You know, and maybe in some cases, maybe you get a chance to maybe avoid the speaking to the media, and you get away with that. But now fans have direct access to people, and if you want people in your life and if you live on social media, you have to take the good with the bad. Charlie Batch joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, now for the performance the first couple of weeks, uh, let's talk more specifically about Sunday uh, I know the Steelers defense was bad. They gave up 42 points, six touchdown passes. Uh, it's easy to bash them right now. Uh, as for the offense, I mean, I think that they set a, a bad tone early on in the game, though, too, Charlie, with the three straight three and outs. Uh, as much as it's on the defense there, uh, I think the offense missed a couple of opportunities to kind of hold serve and a couple of opportunities throughout the game uh, to make things maybe a little bit easier on their defense. Yeah, I agree. They definitely started out slow, no doubt about that. But, you know, the way that the defense took the field, it wasn't because the offense turned the football over. You, you talk about some bad punts and you give Kansas City the ball back. And no matter what, you know, Mike Tomlin always talks about defending every blade of grass. So regardless of what circumstances you're out on the field, hold them to a field goal. If that worst-case scenario is 9 nothing, okay, you can live with that. But when you talk about giving up three straight touchdowns because of miscoverages, miscommunication, you know, a lot of those things to where – you know, they all weren't playing the same defense. So, you know, it was frustrating from that perspective watching the film, knowing that those guys didn't get it done. But offensively, they came back, they tied the football game up. And, and of course, you know, if Boswell makes the field, it's 24 21 at the half, and we're winning. So, all of those things didn't happen. The thing that bothered me was coming out of halftime, halftime adjustment. The Steelers blitzed twice, Kansas City beat them with the blitz, and they went down and they scored a touchdown easily coming out of the half. That is just, that's the concerning part for me. But offensively, the one key drive of the game, and a lot of people don't see it or didn't see it at the time, maybe they see it now, was it was 35-28. There was two minutes left in the, yeah. in the third quarter. Ben misses Switzer on an easy, hot, busted coverage, and they weren't able to connect. You see, Ben was expecting one thing, Switzer was expecting another, but that's, that's because he hasn't been here in those situations, so he didn't know what to do. The pass goes incomplete. They punt the football, and guess what? Kansas City goes down in the 42-28 ball game. That was the ball game right there when the Steelers weren't able to convert. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's a situation a play needs to be made. Uh, also, at the end of the game, now speaking for the defense, you know they're going to run the ball three times. Uh, they're going to try to pick up the first down while also running the clock out uh, to end the game there effectively. And the first play of the game uh, of that sequence, you give up the eight-yard run like you don't know it's going to happen. Now, sometimes you get out-executed, but when you know it's going to happen and, and it doesn't work out, well, then uh, it just it speaks poorly of the defense. The team just didn't make the plays when they needed to on Sunday. Uh, I'm interested, Charlie, as somebody who understands the game at more, of course, than a layman's level, like a guy like me watching it and looking at the tape, if Le'Veon Bell plays, do things open up for A.B. a little bit more? Or do they treat him different than they treated James Conner? I don't necessarily think that it would, it would open up more for A.B. James Conner's done a phenomenal job. He had a you know, great training camp. He came in in great shape. And ultimately, that's transitioning into the game. And look at that one-handed catch that he had on the sideline. Oh, my line. God. I know it was overturned because of the penalty, but I really thought he got his, he, he kept he stayed in bounds. And I thought that was a catch. But to see where he's at, he's able to, you know, he's really firm in the protection. That was something that he struggled with last year and did a nice job of really firming up the protection and allowing Ben to throw the football. And out of 60 passes, he was only uh, sacked once, and that was not because of James Conner. So, 
you know, I think where he's at, that's fine. I just think now you start to see the evolution of a complimentary receiver, like you see with Juju Smith, that is now able to take and, and, and take advantage of, of the double team that AB is creating on the other side. Like a couple years ago, or you know, last year, a few years ago, we were talking about we need AB needs help, and who is that receiver? We thought it was Martavis Bryant. They trade him out. No, Juju now is that guy, and can now AB work with him to be able to say, okay, yeah, we may have two thousand yard receivers on this team versus just one 1,500-yard receiver with him. I think it's a good problem to have. They just have to figure out how to continue to move forward. Charlie, what's going on with the Best of, Back, Best of the Batch Foundation? No, oh, we're doing well. We're, we, uh, we actually are um, – we just finished up our uh, backpacks, which is – we call it Batch Packs with the, uh, with the foundation. We uh, delivered over 3,000 uh, school supplies along with book bags, and we give over 400 teachers' bags. Uh, throughout the uh, western Pennsylvania area. We are in seven different counties. So it was really cool to be able to do that. A lot of great volunteers helped uh, pack, helped make this happen, and a generous donation uh, from Walmart. That was something that allowed us to continue to expand to the numbers that we were. So thank you to everyone who has uh, helped us, all of our sponsors, all of our volunteers. And anybody who wants to know what we do throughout a calendar year, you can actually go to batchfoundation.org. Charlie, great stuff, man, uh, both on the air, obviously, and off the air. Uh, get back to your batch cave, keep good things happening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. There he goes. That's Charlie Batch. Uh, he is a member of the Steelers Radio Network. You can check him out on the postgame show after every single one of our Steelers games, and I'll be doing the postgame show with him on Monday. It's past Stanley's bedtime after Monday Night Football. Stan will be asleep, he'll DVR, and he'll watch the game in the morning. I assume. I don't know. But I'll be hosting this show with Charlie. Looking forward to it. Coming up next, the Steelers are an embarrassment. How did this happen? I'll tell you how. Next, Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's Adam Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed it, you know? And now we're talking about a weekly spot on the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are up. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. What do you guys think? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's what? the DRE. What do you, you think know I'm mobbing with the D-O-double-G? Every time I talk, are you just going to start rapping terribly in my ear? I mean, is that, the, is that the way we do the show now? I mean, you wouldn't talk the entire first two hours of the show. Yeah. We invite you on the mic one time, and now all of a sudden you're a friggin' renegade. Well, you shouldn't have opened Pandora's box. Was he invited that time? I mean, I was okay with it, and then I w- went to reset the topic again, and he raps in my ear a second time. I mean, if this was Stan, he wouldn't have heard it. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. You can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. What do you think Le'Veon Bell's doing right now? God only knows. I think he's on one of those, you know those water things that like shoot you in the air and you like can like levitate Oh yeah, one of those water jetpacks. Pretty sure he's doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Either that or some really fat stripper. What are AB's doing right now? I wonder if he's in Pittsburgh yet. What have you left? I think both of them are trekking this great globe looking for a punter. <laughs> the Steelers are looking for one. 
They had two players come in and try out today. Jordan Berry, not varsity, according to Mike Tomlin. And that's true. Jordan Berry has not been good enough. And when he needed to down a punt inside the one-yard line, he did get it done last weekend. But there were a couple of other times where they could have used that, too. The field position game was thoroughly dominated by KC. At halftime, their average field position was the 39. The Steelers' average field position was the 17. And that makes it harder, especially when you've got the greatest quarterback of all time across from you and Pat Mahomes. This is the first time in NFL history, by the way, that a team will play the best quarterback of all time in back-to-back weeks. Patty Mahomes, Fitzmagic, back-to-back weeks. But the Steelers got their own problems, including Antonio Brown not showing up. And the media usually handles these things well in Pittsburgh. We got a hard-nosed, tough, journalistic media, right? They'll ask all the right questions, right? Here's the first question at Mike Tomlin's press conference today. Coach, you, you've acknowledged that this is now a passing league. You seem to have addressed this through hybrid linebackers to cover running backs. <clears throat> tight ends, your safety strong, but yet you got lit up by Jacksonville for 45, Combs comes in for six. Is it time to think about the scheme that you're playing, or is it the way you're using your personnel? Oh my God, we got to get to the bottom of that. Oh, we got to figure out the hybrid linebackers. Got to come to a consensus on whether or not the linebackers are good enough. Real talk, linebackers suck. I don't care what the scheme is. If you got John Bostic on the field, you're going to get gashed. If you've got Vince Williams on the field not alongside a star like Ryan Shazier, you're going to be in trouble. Oh, damn it, he sucked me in. Yeah, he got me. Let's go to Mr. Richard next up on the Crowley Show. Mr. Richard, it's been a long time. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm actually not, but you don't want to hear my whole life history. Well, maybe you do. You know when they, uh, you were talking about social media a little bit earlier? Yes. I've heard about social media lots of times, but what exactly is social media? What is it? It's like Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr and Snapchat and Reddit. How do you not know what social media is, Mr. Richard? Well, I don't know what social media is. I don't know what Snapchat is. I don't know what Twitter is. I don't know other stuff because probably because I don't have a computer. I think you need a computer to have that stuff. Or a phone. Do you have a phone? You got a phone, yeah. What kind of phone do you have? What, a home phone? Or a, uh, I have a flip phone. You have a I flip phone? It. Is it a Razor? Do you have a Motorola Razor? No, no I have a uh, Morocco. Oh. A new, that's a, 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 a Razor? You can't, t- can't take pictures on that. A Nokia or a Norelka? Norelka. What's your phone number, Mr. Richard? Uh, four. U eight one two is the last four letters. Ah, uh, you're hip to the game. Goodbye, buddy. Goodbye. So long. Skip the better. Goodbye. That was a waste of time. Or was it? How do you not know what social media is? I mean, I don't care if you're a thousand years old. You still have to have some idea. I mean, how about context clues? Mr. Richard, do you know what the wheel is? How about fire? I hope he calls back up, because I'd like to know the answers to those questions. Do you know what sliced bread is, Mr. Richard? You know, white bread's not good for you. No, it's not. It's not good for you at all. No, a lot of sugar. Not at all. Very, very carby. Good tangent. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. A.B. didn't show up yesterday. 
And the question is, at 412-922-2874, not if you've heard of social media, but do you suspend him? Do you reprimand him? If you do reprimand him, how do you do it? 412-922-2874. I've been saying all day on Twitter, I've been saying all day here on the show, anything you would have wanted to do to Antonio Brown in terms of punishment, you should have done a hell of a lot longer ago. If you do it, Four years ago, the first time he pops off, if you do it whenever he celebrates after you told him not to celebrate illegally in the end zone, then maybe, yeah, you've got a ground to stand on. You've got a leg to stand on. You've got an opportunity here to put him in his place. But I think it's too far gone. I don't think Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell respect the coaching staff. I don't think either of them respect the organization. And if you do suspend Antonio Brown, I just think it gets worse for you, not better. I think it becomes all the more difficult for you going forward if you're Mike Tomlin to coach this football team because, A, you could lose the game on Monday night, and I'd pick him to lose for sure if Antonio Brown's not going to be there. And, B, A.B.'s going to lose his ever-flipping mind because, well, why are you doing this to me now? Well, why are you suspending me now when you didn't suspend me over the course of my entire career when i done a whole other bunch of stuff like this? I think you compound all the problems if you do wind up suspending A.B. Let's go to Adam and Wheeling. He's got thoughts. What's up, man? Yes, I want to say I just love following Mr. Richard as a fellow Wheelingite. Um, uh, you got to ask him next time if, uh, because of being a mad pooper, if he can compete with Loose Bowels Falcone, which is another Wheeling person that does what he does. Why do anyway, so many people in Wheeling poop in public, Adam? Uh, the sad truth is Wheeling sadly has a lot of homeless and transient and mentally ill people. And that probably has a lot to do with compared to population. That would be like Pittsburgh having about 5,000 mentally ill people walking around the streets. Population-wise, that's probably why. That got a lot less funny than I thought it would. Adam, what's your, uh, what's your point on AB? I just, I just want to say, just going back just, just in the, the recent past, okay, with guys who compared to AB talent-wise, not necessarily body type-wise, <laughs> but production-wise, with Moss and Terrell Owens, okay? Yes. Owens was deactivated in 2005 and then released, okay? Randy Moss was sat down by Mike Tyson in 2003. And if you look at that, it's not unprecedented. The idea Certainly today, not. and, uh, you know, and like I say, I'm not that old. I'm 35 years old. It's not, even by older people in the media that, oh, you can't do this or that too. Sit him down if, if, if the Steelers aren't the question, like people are saying, oh, they're, they're having a bad season and not that good, and it will, it'll be worked out, whatever it may be. Adam, but- Adam, as a fan of the team, if you are a Steelers fan and they sit Antonio Brown down to make a point, is it worth it if you lose the football game? Uh, well, actually, it's becoming more and more worth it because what what's the season going to be? I mean, do you want to hypothetically, just one last point, hypothetically, if they are not a Super Bowl contending team, is his antics worth it unless they are a clear Super Bowl contender? The question is no. The answer is no. I asked the questions here, Adam, and you did not answer it. You son of a bitch. He gives us all of the homeless statistics of Wheeling, but will not answer my question. I think it's a good question. Is it worth it to prove a point to Antonio Brown to lose that football game on Monday night? And, and I don't think it is because you're in dire straits if you're 0-2-1. I mean, you are in a hell of a problem because you got to consider 
the second half schedule. I mean, you got to consider how many difficult games you've got in the back end. You've got the Panthers. You've still got Atlanta coming up. I know that they've had their struggles, but that's a good football team, I think. You've got the Saints. Uh, Tampa, again, isn't going to be easy, and it's certainly going to be a lot more difficult without Antonio Brown. And then there is also, I think, this accepted opinion here that if you lose that game with A.B., well, you're going to be better after that because Antonio Brown's going to settle down. I don't, I don't subscribe to that belief. I think if you sit Antonio Brown down, not only do you lose the game, but you lose the locker room because you've lost the game, and Antonio Brown then goes off on a tangent again, and it's all, all kinds of effed up. And then Antonio Brown turtles, because basically you're dealing with a 13-year-old mentality right now. Yes. Look, I like Antonio, who's great, but he's acting like a kid. And that's what happens. You punish a kid, the kid starts crying. He'll cry more. You'll never get him back. I think Antonio Brown's the best football player I've ever laid eyes on. Yep. Uh, Troy Palomalo's in that conversation. Uh, there's a lot of guys that have come through Pittsburgh that I've been lucky enough to see with my own two eyes. But Antonio Brown might be the best of all of them. And I just want to dislike him so much. But the thing is, I think his teammates know that that kind of talent is so rare that they know that they need it on the football field. And if Mike Tomlin were to suspend Ben... uh, uh, I just read Ben Roethlisberger popping up on the... uh, National media. Yes, thank you. Uh, If they were to suspend, if Mike Tomlin was to suspend Antonio Brown, I think his teammates wind up getting mad, not at A.B. I don't think that they hold the guy who's actually accountable, accountable, I think they wind up holding Mike Tomlin accountable, and I think the whole thing goes to hell. Got this one from John on Twitter. Definitely not worth it this week. This is a must-win. He needs punished somehow, but this week is not the time. You can't put it off either. So it's now or never. I guess I'm saying, I can't believe it, but I'm saying never. Spoiled kid. You can't put, you cannot punish the kid once you've spoiled him. Yes. Nothing but fight back from here on out. It's a good analogy. Brian's been far better on the microphone today than Tom. Thank you. Way better than Mr. Richard. Mike Prezuda likes my cheese teases better than Tom's, too. Pretty much outperforming Tom in all aspects of the show today. Most days, really. In fact, Tom should... his days. Eh, Tom should retire during the 5.30 segment of one of our shows coming up, like Fonte Davis. I don't feel comfortable beating up on Tom, but I just have to. Coming up next, the great unspot... No! Coming up next... Whoa, now you too! Oh, boy. Brian's the only guy who's doing the show well today. Holding it together today. I saved a life this morning. All kinds of good stuff. I'm just, I'm a stellar citizen today. Coming up next, Brian tells us how he saved a life this morning. What? We've got the hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Everybody was We've got the hottest take of the day coming up after we hear how Brian saved a life this morning. Before that, though, let's go to Dave in northern Colorado. What's up, man? Hi, Adam. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good. Hey, Adam, uh, just an observation. I listen to you guys every day, and I really enjoy your show. Thanks. But uh, what I want to say is the owner, the GM, 
the coach, the assistant coaches, I think they need to circle the wagons and put the foot down, man. And, you know, I'm a parent. You don't start discipline with your children when they're 15 or 16 years old. It starts early. And things have certainly gotten out of hand with this team. I don't know which direction they need to go, but they certainly need to lay down some set of rules and get this team back on track. This may be the Steelers' turning point in their organization to say, hey, we're still going to be elite or we're going to be middle of the road. It starts right now, Adam. Yeah, I don't think that's hyperbole at all, Dave. I do think it's kind of a crossroads here. As for parenting at 15 as opposed to not doing it when they're an infant, I think that's exactly the problem the Steelers had here is that they parented A.B. whenever he was an adolescent as opposed to being able to do it whenever he was just coming out of the womb, whenever he's doing things wrong as a little baby running around. Uh, I don't think you can. I don't think you can undo that, though. I don't think if they if they were to punish him now, I don't think it changes anything. I think because they've enabled it, it would only make it worse. Hey, Adam, you know, and I listen to you guys every day, and I, I listen to Jerry and Stan, and um, in between, I, I can tell the written. I wouldn't say riff, but I can tell that. Uh, you guys are upset in regards to uh, uh, Brown's immature behavior, and that has a direct effect on everybody. And we know one person can screw up a good thing for many, many people. I've I've worked in the workplace for 46 years. One guy can screw it up for everybody. Yeah, and there's no they doubt. Need to put their foot down. There's no doubt. Thank you for the call, Dave. A couple segments ago, Tom was stepping all over me. All it takes is one person not doing their job, and the show sounds bad or whatever it is that you're working on. Doesn't wind up working out. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Thank God you guys aren't parents. If they have won games without Ben, they can win without Brown. Okay. 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 John, what gives you faith that the Steelers can go in and outscore an opponent without Antonio Brown right now? Because they need to. They've won without Ben. They did in 2005. They did in 2008. They did in 2010. They had one of the best defenses I've ever friggin' seen. They don't have that now. So when the offense is worse without Brown, and it would be, you're not going to be able to go up against the greatest quarterback we've ever seen on this earth, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and win. It's not going to happen. So while they've won without Ben in the past, they couldn't win without Brown Monday. One more tweet here from Braden before we found out how Brian saved the world. He says, hard truth. I think the only reason you got on the DV morning show is the fact that Bill was overseas and they were desperate. Yeah, I said what I said. I've actually been told I'm replacing Bill. You can't replace Bill. He's over there helping heroes. Now they need me. They think I'm that good. All right, fine. You got me. Bill wasn't there. They were desperate. They called (laughs) me. It's okay. Can you imagine you on a plane all the way over to the Middle East? No. (laughs) I can't imagine that at all. Dude, they're going to put my head in a little box tomorrow for like 20 minutes. And I'm losing yeah. my mind. Crowley was in the backseat of my car earlier today, and he was like, Tom, you need to crack the window right now. I'm, I'm seriously getting a little panic attack in the back here. It, it, it's it's boxing it, so I couldn't imagine Full if he's on a plane for over 15 hours. How yeah. do you guys think I'm going to deal with tomorrow, honestly? Not well. Not well. Honestly, not well. I, I, and I, I would go as far as that starts tonight. When you say, how am I going <laughs> to yes. deal with tomorrow? Like, not well starting tonight. I'm not going to do that. Starting once he leaves the studio. When he sits in his car and turns it on, he's going to go, oh, my God. Yeah. It's going to happen. The next next time I wake up, I'm going to be inside of a box. Oh, God, that's so true. Trapped for 20 minutes. What do you mean wake up? Great point. I might never wake up, and then I will be in a box for all eternity. Johnny Utah tweets at underscore Adam Crowley and at ESPN Radio Pittsburgh. You've got what a lot of stations lack, content. Please pump up that signal. 
Hey, man, check out 106.3 FM. Seriously, I didn't think it would be good because nothing around here ever freaking works, but it is good. It is. If you're in Allegheny County, you can seriously, seriously get an upgrade with us on 106.3. Are you choking? I ran out of of breath. I did. Sorry. It's that long tagline that made you run out of breath there. You were able to too many say 106.3. Okay, while we're in it, let's just do it. 106.3 FM, 970 AM, 104.7 HD2 on the iHeartRadio app in space on Intergalactic Radio 1097-4 Pi. We're everywhere. That last one sounds fake. Brian, before we get to the hottest take of the day, other crap in the three stars of the show, you saved a life this morning. I did. How'd that happen? I don't like to brag about it because, I mean, as you guys both know, heroes don't brag. Um, they're they're usually very humble, and I like to be a humble yes. uh, person, not a hero. I won't call myself a hero. But, yes, I was in the studios of uh, of ESPN Pittsburgh today. I was walking down the hall, and I found a coworker bleeding, bleeding out right in the middle of the hall. And this is real. I mean, it sounds sarcastic. You don't typically find a person bleeding out in the middle of a radio station. No, you don't. This was happening. Yeah, I ran. I don't want to mention his name, Greg Kuntz, but I ran into him in the hall, and I saw him, and he was bleeding really bad. He had, a like, a cut. He's got this thing that he's got on his arm. And For dialysis. It, yeah, and it had broken, and it was bleeding all over the place. So I came in, and I saw that he was in distress. So immediately, you know, my, my bat sense went up, my spidey sense. I was like, I need to help him. So I got down and I performed what uh, those in the Fellatio. profession. Um, well, after that, I uh, you know just to calm them down. Yeah, I uh, performed what those in the business call uh, triage, and I bandaged him up. I made it all nice and neat. I cleaned the wound, um, and he did not bleed out in the hall. Brian, you're coming with me tomorrow for my CT scan. Well, Crowley, you know it. I don't choose where I go; it comes to me emergency comes to me. I can't go to the hospital and be able to help you out. You've got doctors for that, and they do a great job. They're the real heroes, honestly. Well, Brian, I, I know you won't go as far to say that you're a hero, and you shouldn't because you're, right. you're humbleness personified. Yes. But I will go that extra bound and yeah, say you, don't have you to are do a hero. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Brian, you're a hero, man. A hero. Tom, look, I appreciate you don't have to go there. I, I am to. not. There You're are greater hero. heroes no, in no, this no. world. I mean, Crowley's do going to suffer through anesthesia tomorrow. That's not even it. Jeffrey tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I've had 100 CT scans of the head. Get over it. Hey, Jeffrey. I hope you're doing okay, man. <laughs> hottest take of the day. When? It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. <laughs> I am usually pro-dynasty. I like the Patriots. I think they're cool. I want to tell my kids I saw the greatest football team of all time, the greatest player of all time, but my God, I am done with Alabama. I am bored. Why even bother watching their games? Seriously, they will win. Even if they lose, they'll be in the playoff, and then they'll win the whole damn thing. It's enough already, Saban. I'm done with you guys. I'm so sick of it. And I read a column today. Oh, Bama's not Bama anymore. They've got two. They're actually interesting this year. No, they're not. They all wear the same color. They don't have the friggin' names on their uniforms. Uh, it's uh, it's Penn State, but with crimson. They're so freaking boring. They're a bunch of clones. Their quarterback gets hurt. The other quarterback goes in and wins the national championship. Their running back gets hurt. The next one goes in and wins the national championship. I'm done. I hate them. I'm finished. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Kevin Durant says he'd love to play for the Rams. Wouldn't he make more sense if he uh, joined the Eagles? Woo! Other crap. 
been 7,000 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game where the Browns won a football game. Or Lev showed up for a game. It's been one day since Antonio Brown has showed up for Steelers <laughs> at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star! Tonight's third star of the show, Millennials! I'm only happy whenever I get retweets. My dopamine levels only go through the roof whenever I'm seeing retweets. I had a tweet today. It's got like 75 retweets, and I check my Twitter every two seconds to see if it got more. Right, that's the life that I'm living in, and that's the life AB's living in, and Juju Smith-Schuster, and all these guys. 85 retweets now. I like that. As in, click like on that. 300 likes. Like. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, the Wambulance. And I got a CT scan tomorrow. I was on the DV morning show yesterday. Oh, got a lot going God. on in my life. 412-922-2874. That's how you get involved. Did you know that they put that dye in with an IV? I had no idea. I thought you just drank it. My sister and my mom, they both had allergic reactions to the dye. I'm afraid it might happen to me. I think I might have some trouble sleeping tonight. My wife already said she's going to make me my favorite when I get home. It's a cream pie. <laughs> what do you what happened? <laughs> That's so horribly awesome. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Will Graves on weed? Graves, you were very specific when it came to the pot smoking, so I have to ask, if you were told that you couldn't use a pipe, would you still would you still be involved? I mean, would you still have your job? <laughs> what, what about a what about a bong? What about a G bong? I would say, I mean, I, I think in, in, look, I, I smoked enough to what? know that I'm not a smoker. I smoked it enough because I can't. Like, there are literally carpets ruined uh, because my inability to ingest the smoke properly. Okay, like, so, I mean, I just leave it at that. Uh, however, what are you, Bill Clinton? Be, Jesus. I mean, it's, I mean, like, dude, imagine a mix of semi-raw hamburger, Killian's Irish Red, Kahlua, nice. and a big honk and toke, which is what happened one night when I was playing cards in my 20s in my buddy's new apartment with bright blue carpet. And they literally, as I, and, and I didn't want to drink anymore, so they were like, hey, dude, why don't you just take a hit? So I took a hit, and they said, don't hoover it. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, you know, at this point, I'm hammered. I'm like, I'm going to show these guys. I'm not a smoker, but I'm going to show them I can smoke. Say yeah, no, I'm not a smoker. Will. I can't mm -hmm. smoke. So Coming up next week on what Will Graves will give up to keep his jobs, we talk about Quaaludes. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the time, Graves. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, give me out a give me out a guy's butt on the on the wall. Shouldn't that be somewhere in the middle? Oh, that's true. You we'll are right. You are right under Guy Junker. It looks like he's taking a deuce on your I'm head. Under, I'm under Guy's junk. It's, you know, outside of Mrs. Junker, I don't know if it's a good place to be. So. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Graves is a trained professional. Please do not try what he described at home. Uh, it takes years of practice to get to grave status. Who let the dogs out? Coming up next, you got Dale Lolly. You got Jerry Dulek. You got Stefan it. Steelers defense, not very good. Got this tweet from Johnny Utah. 
Sometimes a CT scan can make people pee themselves. Good luck. <laughs> that's so. great. Oh, yeah. Please pee yourself for the show tomorrow. I don't, I don't think that's a thing. That can can't possibly a, be a thing. Hey, can we get a CT scan? Woo! There's no way that that's... There's no way that's real. All I know is the Steelers defense did a good job of peeing down their own leg on Sunday, and I guess we'll keep talking about it tomorrow. Tim Benz will be at 6. Crowley Show.